Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. We stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Baker takes the snap. Rolls right. Throws down the middle. And Joku's got it. 520, 50, 10, 5. Touchdown. Nick Schaub. Odell Beckham Jr. 89-yard touchdown. Miles Garrett did it, Doug. Around the horn he came. Rang the bell and said, Fires, it's caught, Lambry, touchdown! Here's Mayfield, back to pass, he throws, right corner of the end zone, touchdown! They got it, it's Lambry again! podcast well 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 dog pound nation the cleveland browns have achieved yet another big feat they are nine and three and have clinched their first winning season since 2007 jason how do you feel about this i feel like cleveland has a huge weight lifted off their shoulders with this victory uh being able to say hey even at the worst we have a winning record for the first time since romeo cornell was our head coach yep yep i <laughs> I can't and even take like my can I, the last time that we ended up nine and three was when Bill Belichick was our head coach yet again in '94. That was also the last time the Browns won a playoff game was in '94 with Belichick as our head coach. Yeah, are we seeing? Are we seeing? Uh, Testaverde was the yeah, quarterback yeah. at the point. Right. Are we seeing an emergence of Stefanski as a Belichick heir, in a sense, for Cleveland? I mean, so it would appear. I mean, I know he's a frontrunner for Coach of the Year this year, and he should be. A lot of people had Mike Tomlin. Turn, yeah, he needs, to be, he needs to be far and away Coach of the Year because he turned the Browns from what they were last season to mm-hmm. a team that – if they can win this upcoming week against the Ravens, not only do they officially clinch a playoff spot, mm-hmm. we're looking at teams are going to be worried about playing the Browns because at that point we are now possibly going to be a team that is going to be not only being competitors in these playoff games, but winning them. Mm-hmm. And solidly winning them. My, my question to you is simply this, because this has been the question that's been asked around on every single 
media outlet that I've watched since last week is uh, going back before the Titans game. The big question was, is can Cleveland win the big game against a winning team to establish themselves as being for real? Now the question after this win is, can the Browns be playoff slash Super Bowl contenders? Are they there? Can they do it? Playoffs, yes. Yeah. Super Bowl contenders, I'm not going to throw my hat into that pile just yet. Who would you say stands in their way in the playoffs? Who stands in the way in the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are an obvious choice. Exactly. Agreed. Um. The Colts, I think, are going to be a team to worry about. Because they'll be looking out them. for revenge. Um, really, the Chiefs and the Colts are the two big teams I'm most worried about. Obviously, the Steelers, too. But after what we saw yesterday, maybe not so much. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been getting by, uh, getting past these bad teams for too many weeks now. Uh, one that stood out in particular was the game against the Cowboys. They almost lost to a, um, a fourth-string quarterback uh, in, in Dallas, and they probably should have lost that game if it were not for a few choice calls that were made. You know, we always have that long discussion about the referees and some of the things that skew Pittsburgh, and yeah. that was one of the instances there. But you look what happened against Washington. Washington's a decent football team. They're not terrible. Their record, you know, speaks for what they are, but they're not a, a terrible football team. But – if Pittsburgh truly is this elite Super Bowl contending team, they should not have lost the way they did against to, get to Washington last night. No, they should. If they're this elite team, they shouldn't have blown a fourteen-point lead against a Washington team. That, yeah, they have Alex Smith back, which we'll get into that later because that's just an amazing story in and of itself. True, but they lost to a subpar team. Very subpar team. I mean, let's, let's, let's take a good look at that team. I mean, look at the Steelers. Okay, you look at that game yesterday. There were so many things that they did wrong yesterday. Their offense does not look good. Their run game has been not that good. I mean, people can say, okay, well, Connor's out. But Connor hasn't even been that good this year. They, to be fair, Connor to the Steelers is what Chubb is to the Browns. You take out Connor – just like you take out Chubb, you're missing a huge part of your game. They are, but their run game has not been good this year. Well, it's, I mean, that'll happen. So it'll, it'll happen. As a whole, the Steelers just – for a team that has their record, they have a lot of things wrong with that team, and that is why I think come playoff time, they're going to find it very difficult to maybe even win a playoff game. Well, it all depends on who they end up playing up against. That's true. I mean, as of right now, we, we, we got our wish. We got them tied with the Chiefs now for the number one seed. So now it just got Which very interesting. I think that the Chiefs might overtake them this week. They very well might. And that leads into the, the conversation. Because the Steelers have who the next couple of weeks before the Browns? Cool. They they've got play... the Bills and they've got the Colts. Yeah, they got to play the Bills and they play the Bengals and they play the Colts. Um, which brings me to the next question. All of a sudden, the Steelers losing – Poses an interesting question. The Browns have can a the Browns avenue. win out to that Steelers game? Yep. To make that game against the Steelers for the division. Yeah, the Browns because this these are going to be two very tough games for the Steelers coming up here and the mm -hmm. Colts and the Bills. Yep. 
if they lose those games and we went out until that last week, we're looking at two teams that are going to be going into that game 12-3. and three. Yeah. The Browns now officially have a path to the division. It's still a little bit of a long shot, but there oh, is yeah. a path. Oh, yeah, it's obviously a long shot. But the biggest thing, though, that they're going to look at, that even if we win out, the Steelers probably will still take it. And that's mm-hmm. going to be division record, obviously. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Because I think in order for the Browns to win the tiebreaker, they have to lose to the Bengals before they play us. And that is very unlikely, especially with Burrow no longer in there being injured. So that kind of uh, hurts the chances there. The only other way the Browns can get in is only if um, they lose to the the Bills and they lose to the Colts and they lose to the Browns. And the Browns went out. That's the only other way they can get in. Yeah. Which is possible. Well, even if the Browns went out and the – Steelers lose those two games and lose to us. That's still putting them at top seed at that or top wild card spot, which we're looking at the Browns probably looking possibly playing them again. Yeah, yeah the uh, the the path is I read this today. So in order for the Browns win the division, they have to go four and zero, and the Steelers have to go one and three. Yeah. Little bit of a uh, of a long shot, but hey, the path is there. Two or three weeks ago, the path was not looking like it was ever going to happen. Oh, now there's God, a path. No. It makes the last four games that much more interesting, and uh, which takes us to this game here. The Browns finally proved they can beat a playoff contending team and a very good playoff contending team. All right, let's put this to rest right here. This final score does not show what this game actually was, not at in all. any way, shape, or form. The Browns, by all means, should have won this game by a landslide. Yep. I will be, I will be the first to admit we got so lax in the third quarter mm-hmm. where they were able to score two touchdowns within, what was it, a six-minute span? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was about five or six-minute span. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that fourth quarter was – that fourth quarter was touchy to me because there were some blown calls by the refs. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's fumble in that pile on fourth and inches. It was not a fumble. You can go back and watch it. His knee and his shoulder were, or, or his arm were both down. And the referees look at it, and they still rule in the Titans' favor on that. Doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't at all. No, and, but... and um, I think that's my only complaint about this game. That's the, only, that's the only bad thing I have to take away from this. The Browns should have learned from that Dallas game to not be lackadaisical in the second half, and they did it again here. And I'm hoping that with it happening twice in one season that they have finally learned from it now going forward and won't pull this shit come playoff time because they do this shit in the playoffs, it'll cost them. And I'll be very upset if this shit costs them, especially since it happened twice this year already. Oh, I know. But anyway, let's get into this game here. Let's talk about Mayfield here. What the hell happened that he blew up this game like he did? He listened to the critics. and Throwing for almost – throwing for almost 300 yards in the first half alone, tying a franchise record with four touchdown passes in the first half. With yeah, I, back from the last time that happened was back in 51. I would have liked to have seen him break this record. I think if the Browns would have been more aggressive second half, he could have broken this touchdown record. But um, If the Browns were more aggressive in the second half and played like we did in the first half, we were looking at Baker Mayfield – 
potentially claiming sole possession of the record for most touchdowns in a single football game, which right now I think there were like six or seven quarterbacks that are tied for that spot with seven. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's just insane. The fact that he shut the critics up in this game is a huge blow. I mean, I was watching all the uh, the news outlets on Monday morning because everybody – I t- basically took account of how many were discounting Baker. You had Stephen A. Smith who was saying, I believe in the Browns, but I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. And I'm thinking, okay. I will, n- I will, never, I will never respect a word that Stephen A. Smith says. No. And I will he, never he, respect a word that he says. He's lost credibility numerous times. Um, and people need to understand something, too. He's going to be biased towards the Cleveland Browns because he's a Steelers fan. Okay? So, immediately, he's not going to give the Browns a lot of credit that they're due. And um, there, was a, there was a tweet that he put out before Sunday's game. It was the, I believe in the Browns, and, uh, but not Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker's wife went on there after the game Sunday and tweeted back to him and said, boy, this tweet didn't age well. On Monday morning show, Stephen A. Smith wouldn't really apologize for what he said. And it's like, dude, what does Baker Mayfield have to do to convince you any of these pundits? Colin Coward being the worst one, he at least came out on Monday and at least noticed Baker's um, progress and actually admitted that he thinks now Baker could win a playoff game. So he basically realized his mistake. (laughs) That's a story for a whole nother time there. We'll see when that it comes to playoff time. Conversation. We, yeah. One, we'll see once it gets to playoff time what happens with these critics and how badly shut them up. One can hope but so. anyway, going into the stats of this game. Going into the stats of this game here real quick, we'll go into uh, team stats first so we break down individual stats. Uh, Browns led total yards 458 to 431. Uh, Titans ended up having more passing yards, 369 to 340, but a lot of that obviously was second half play because they fucking had to. There was no way Derrick Henry was going to be able to get going on that field, which by the way, we shut Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry down this game. Uh, yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry elite running back, keeping an elite running back like Derrick Henry, who has consistently been able to put up huge yards per game every mm-hmm. season that he's played so far to only 60 yards this game. Yeah. And a lot of people will make the that's, argument, Oh, well, look at something. Chubb and Hunt. Look at Chubb and Hunt. Okay. People need to realize something right here though. The reason why Chubb didn't put up, Chubb didn't put up the yards he usually does is because the Browns turned to the passing game because they knew the Titans were going to be ready for the rushing game. And that's the only reason why I think if, I think if Chubb would have ran more, I think he still would have brought up a lot more yards. But the Browns had the passing game going. Why would you divert away from what was working? Exactly. Uh, Browns obviously led in the rushing attack, 118 yards to 62. Uh, Both teams were dead even on yards per play at six and a half. Now, first downs, we had 26 to 25. The biggest thing to take away from this here. 10 of 16 on third down efficiency compared to two of 10 for the Titans, which shows again, which just proved that everything that these stats have shown that Tennessee has the worst third down defense in the league. 
The uh, Titans cannot yeah. stop teams on third down. No, no, they can't. They, 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 they can't at all. Here I, on the screen here for everybody on Facebook, I'm going to screen share what the stat column is um, here. So you're right. And the 10 for 16 there is huge for the Browns for a lot of reasons, because I don't know what their average is all year with third down efficiency, but this had to have been one of the best third down efficiency games for the Browns all year. Oh God. Yeah. Easily. Uh, looking at this here, uh, Tennessee obviously had a uh, better fourth down efficiency, but here's the thing to take away from that. They went on for fourth down almost every chance they had it. They had to the second half. Yeah. They didn't have a choice at that rate. Yeah. Uh, Browns led in total plays 70 to 66. Uh, another huge thing to take away from here, no sacks on Baker this game compared no. to uh, Tannehill getting sacked three times. I mean, again, Baker has not been sacked really hardly at all the last five or six games. I think last week he was sacked and twice. And he also hasn't thrown an interception in the last five or six games. No. I, think the la- I think what I heard at the halftime report uh, before the second half started it was 147 straight um, attempts without an interception. Uh, that sounds about right. And you had that entire halftime um, team that took look. They were all praising Baker this game. They were all surprised at everything that he was doing and how well he led the team this week. Well, all you got to do is look at Baker's stats for the year now. He's now up to 21 touchdowns and only seven interceptions on the year. Which is huge. And his QBR is 70.5, which is for 13th in the league. I mean, he's in the top – well, 32 teams in the NFL, he's better than more than half the quarterbacks in the league right now. And that says something a lot about what the Browns are doing this year. And how much he's transforming into that quarterback that we need. Yeah, because I'm looking at his stats from the last five games, and he has not thrown one interception. He's thrown six touchdowns to no interceptions, and he's averaging somewhere around mm, 62 to 63% of his completions the last five games. I mean, I, I, I just, I can't understand a lot of the criticisms he gets. He's been a good, uh, game controller he's controlled the games he's not turning over the ball um and he's not putting the browns in a situation where they're in danger so he's doing everything right oh i know and we need to keep this up and i think we're to the point because we had this conversation weeks ago when we were talking about baker and if the browns should consider him for the future and i feel like at this point baker has done enough to earn himself another season with the Browns. Oh, yeah. I think he's done enough to earn being, having that fifth-year option picked up and to yeah. have extension talks being talked about now. Yeah, I think it's time to maybe have some extension talks. I don't know if I would be locking him up for a big 10-year deal, like a Patrick Mahomes-type deal yet, but no, I, I don't think another like a 10-year deal. deal, but I can see, like, yeah, about another five years probably. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I, I, on the radio today, I heard some dumbass on the radio, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I have to wonder about some of these fans because 
he goes down there to say about how, oh, Baker's this, this, and this, but the team is so built around him that we don't need Baker Mayfield. The, the Browns should get rid of Baker and go out and get Alex Smith in free agency because he'd be better for them. I'm thinking, excuse me? You want to go from Baker Mayfield to Alex Smith? No, I don't want Alex Smith, and that's not a knock on Alex Smith. I just no. think that Alex Smith belongs in Washington where he is. Agreed. He, he deserves where he to is. finish out his career in Washington after the injury that he had and the comeback that he's made to be able to play again. And the fact that Washington's on, what, now a three-game winning streak with him? Um, Yeah. Yeah, three-game winning streak because they're up to five and seven now. They're actually back in the, in, the, in the playoff conversation in the NFC. So he needs to stay with that team. Mm-hmm. He's a good fit there, and I think he's the right guy for their job right now. Um, but I just couldn't believe that conversation. Like, I mean, come on. You, you, that's not giving Baker his credit. And, and I, I'm tired of people not seeing Baker for what he is to this team, and he is part of the reason why this team is working. It's not just all Chubb or Hunt or – or whatever. Baker's also a good piece of it. Okay, so one of the things I also wanted to talk about here was the massive amount of penalties that we accrued this game. Another yeah. 13. 13 of 92. Aye. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there, and I thought that was improving because the last couple of weeks we got the penalty count down. Now we're back up over 10-plus again, and I, I don't I don't know. I don't know, but that shit needs to stop. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, one of the things, that's other one that I had that I really needed to take away from this game was late in the fourth quarter, Miles Garrett broke through uh, – offensive line and had Tannehill dead to rights. Tell me why they didn't call the penalty on Tennessee when he had his Jersey being ripped back and his helmet being grabbed with the hand literally in his face at that point, holding him back from getting him. It just seems to me, I look at replays and I see a lot of missed calls that, that and the thing that finger. gets me pissed off about that the most is you see the replay of that. It's so blatant that that happened. Yep. But yet at the same time, not even the commentators said anything about it. No. And, and, and it's really starting to get on my nerves. And, and I mean, people will say, oh, maybe we're being biased because the Browns are our team. No, because I've seen it in games where the Steelers are playing somebody. I just saw it yesterday in the Washington-Pittsburgh game. Washington had a first down. They stretched over, didn't step out of bounds, and he didn't come out. First down. Washington challenges it. And the referees come back and say he's short, and then they go for it on fourth and one, and they don't get it. It was obviously a first down. The, the knee wasn't down. The shoulder wasn't down. The arm wasn't down. And the referees take it, look at it from five different angles, and they still come back and say they don't get it. And and just, like the, just like the fumble that Baker had was not a fumble. No. No. His knee was down clear as day. You could tell in that pile that his knee was down. Mm-hmm. So that – Dead, it's the ball that makes the ball play and ball and play dead right there. Yep. The ground cannot cause a fumble at no. all. No. And they still called that ruled that a fumble and kept it in Tennessee's favor. I just don't understand it. And it's becoming a um a big issue. And I and I'm noticing it week to week to week. And something's about gotta change come playoff time because th- this this whole thing with the referees is getting out of control. 
Oh, I know. I trust me. I know. But but another key stat to look at here: time of possession. The Browns held the ball for almost fourteen minutes longer than Tennessee did. That's this huge. Game. Possession of the ball will keep that game in your favor just as much as the defense will. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 it's a huge stat. It's huge. Oh, uh, but anyway, should we get into the individual stats here? Yeah, let's get into the, the box score here. So, Baker Mayfield. 25 of 33 for 334 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he had a hell of a game. Um, The first half, as we said before, was franchise making, uh, franchise history making. Easily. And um, he definitely uh, silenced his, uh, his critics this game for sure. No question about it. Yeah, without a doubt he did. Then you got the one pass from Jarvis Landry to Baker Mayfield on that little trick play. Watching <laughs> Baker Mayfield essentially just fly his way out of bounds catching that ball. I loved that, man. That reminded me of the play from Baker's first uh, regular season game when he caught the two-point conversion. Oh, yeah. I guess the Jets. It reminded me a lot of that play. But going on to the rushing attack here, Chubb leading again, obviously, 18 carries for 80 yards and the, the TD. Mm-hmm. The thing that just upsets me about okay. that is that we just couldn't get more out of our running game. But we expected no. that the Titans were going to be bringing in a strong rush defense against us. And they did. I mean, not counting Baker's four carries, 32 carries for – um, 113 yards. I mean, it's not awful. They got over 100 yards combined, but they were only averaging what three and a half, three yards um, yeah, a rush, something like that. And it's not good. Not what but we're used to. It could have been a lot worse, but we were also playing a team that we knew was going to be bringing a heavy run defense against us because of the fact we have Chubb and Hunt. Yep. Just like Tennessee knew that we were going to be bringing in a heavy run defense against them because Derrick Henry. Yep, and Derrick Henry, man, 60 yards, four yards a carry. His longest run was only of 10 yards. What does that say when you shut down an MVP caliber running back like Derrick Henry to less than 100 yards? It speaks volumes of the Cleveland's run defense. And the run defense has been strong most of the year. They've only given up a couple big games with rushing yards. But this just proved right now that the Browns have a good run defense. Oh, I know it did. But this is one of the ones that I wanted to get into here is our receiving game. We had three receivers Mm. this game go for over 60 yards. We had Higgins leading the assault through the air with six receptions for 95 yards and a TD. Uh, Right after that was Donovan Peoples-Jones for two receptions for 92 yards and a TD including that 75-yard touchdown reception uh, in the second quarter. I love that. That ball was thrown to perfection. It wasn't, not, it wasn't only just that ball was thrown to perfection. If you take a close look at the replays of that, how uh, Peebles-Jones stutter-stepped the hell out of the defender on him 
and was mm-hmm. able to get a good five, ten yard gap in between him and the ball. And yeah, he, not only he really that, you take a look. Him. I don't know who it was that was on him there, but he had his eye on the quarterback at that point that allowed the huge gap to even happen. And mm-hmm. as soon as that ball was thrown through the air, you knew that uh, he was gone for the touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it it was a, it was a it was just it was just a perfect all around play, perfectly played play action, perfectly thrown ball, perfectly laid route, and perfectly good catch. It was just an all around just perfect play. Exactly. And then we had Jarvis Landry, eight receptions, sixty two yards, and another touchdown this game. Glad to see Jarvis getting back into the touchdown category. Two touchdowns the last two games. We're kind of starting to see that Jarvis Landry again from uh, from the years past. But here's the thing that <laughs> made me laugh the hardest is the fact that Kendall Lamb, one reception mm-hmm. for one yard and a touchdown catch. I when Baker threw the ball and I and I saw the guy that was there to catch it. I'm like, you know, who the hell is that? I'm like, who the hell no, is that? No, it just like, turns out that's just 315-pound lineman that just caught that ball. I mean, this just goes back to the creativity of Kevin Stefanski. This just this goes is... back to the days of, like, Deontay Poe uh, – Deontay Poe – or Don Terry Poe mm-hmm. and, uh, like, uh, Walter Perry. People like that that are getting used more in the offensive side of the ball than anything else. That made me laugh, and I loved every last bit of it. The the thing I like about this play calling is I don't think we've seen this kind of creative play calling in Cleveland. And number two, it reminds me a lot of Sean McVay in his first couple of years with the with the uh, with the Rams and their Super Bowl run. Oh yeah, he was so creative with that playbook. And Stefanski's doing what made McVay successful in, in in for the Rams, and it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Exactly, and I'm looking forward to seeing what else we can do. What else do we have in store for the rest of the season? That, my friend, is a very, very, very good question. And, and I'm very excited to see where this team's going to go in the coming weeks because, as you know, uh, these next four games, we're going to play some pretty good defenses three out of these last four games. Even the Giants' defense has been pretty good. The Giants' game has now turned in from a gimme game to a game that I'm actually looking forward to mm-hmm. only because of the how much they're starting to emerge. Yeah, they've become part of the playoff conversation. Yeah, they're in the the terrible NFL East or the uh, NFC East, but they're proving themselves to be a pretty good team, and they're coming along quite nicely. And it's it's almost a shame that Saquon Barkley's been out almost the whole year because I think with him there, that team could be dangerous. They might actually have a winning record in that division right now. Yeah, it's possible. And at Mm -hmm. the same time, you've also got Washington after their win against uh, Pittsburgh yesterday. Mm -hmm. Them being right up there with uh, New York. Yeah, that division all of a sudden getting interesting, and, and we're starting to see who the real bad teams in that division are, and obviously it's Philadelphia and Dallas. They're just not good football teams. And speaking of Philadelphia, with them benching once for Jalen Hurts, the big conversation I'm seeing now is, are, did we see the last of Carson Wentz as the franchise quarterback in Philadelphia? I'm starting to think that we saw uh, the last of Carson Wentz in a Philly uniform. I think that he's going to be playing for somebody else come next year. It's going to be interesting to see, that's for sure. And the question is going to be, too, is he going to be a starter or a backup someplace? That's another good uh, question. Mm -hmm. But, anyway, on our defensive side of the ball, uh, 
Sendejo leading with seven tackles, one assisted. Mm-hmm. Mac Wilson, four tackles, two assisted. Uh, Malcolm Smith having a great game here. Three tackles, four assisted. He had one sack. Uh, B.J. Goodson being all around still just as good as he has been. Three tackles, three assisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, going down the list here, M.J. Stewart, two tackles, one assisted, uh, the lone interception of the game. Yeah, you know, uh, again, got, yeah. the uh, the Browns defense uh, being able to pull off three turnovers. I, I just um, – the turnovers with the defense has been able to get the last few weeks has been very impressive. Which we need to keep that up. Yes. We have to keep that up. Miles mm-hmm. um, Garrett, thankfully, back this week. Um, obviously, his stats don't show exactly what he did on the field this week. But you take a look at what he did on the field this week, and he had a huge presence in this game because he was able to break through that line or mm-hmm. plug the gaps to keep Henry from getting through so brilliantly this game. He forced Tannehill into bad throws, bad plays. Was mm-hmm. able to break through a couple of times uh, easily, and Tannehill just barely escaped. Yeah, the, the the stat columns never ever really show the true impact of Miles Garrett because you really have to see it to believe it with him because the numbers never really show what kind of impact he really has on on offenses. Oh, exactly. I mean, two tackles and one sack. Hmm. Uh-huh. So, yet another game that he had a sack in. That was after he missed the last two weeks. I'm second in the NFL right now in sacks. Um, take a good look here. Miles Garrett is tied for third with ten and a half sacks. And okay, so he's tied for third. Tied for second with four for forced fumbles. So I, the fact that even with him missing two games, he's still tied for third in sack total. And I think he's still got to be highly considered for defensive player of the year. Oh, God, easily. I think the only guy right now that's really competing with him probably is uh, JT Watt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, and then he had Joby with one tackle, one assisted, and then one sack. Yeah, I mean, these guys have, have been in these categories, high in these categories almost every game. And, again, we talk about Sandejo every week, and he's always at the top of this list. Well, no, he's not always at the top of the list. He's usually Let's in the top three here. to four. Yeah, he's been middle of the pack quite a bit, though. I mean, he's there. Like We talk about the negative attention he receives. I don't think it's warranted. Yeah. But Cody Parkey this week, obviously, a uh, perfect game that he had. Two field, two, two on field goals, uh, counted for 11 points for us. Yeah, I mean, Parkey's been Mr. Reliable for this team, and I, and I, and I love the addition of him, and he's really been uh, a guy we can count on. Exactly. So, now with that out of, or out of the way, now we get talk about playoff pictures. Yes, let's talk about the playoff picture. I'm going to bring it up on the screen for everybody to be able to see because this is where things get very interesting and it's something we really have to talk about because 
we are down to the last four weeks of the season and things are just heating up. Exactly. Okay. So in the AFC, the Browns are still the, the five seed at nine and three. Um, but we have the Dolphins at eight and four and the Colts that are eight and four that are right behind us. So we are by no means in the safe part of this uh, playoff hunt yet. We have not clinched. No, no and we are not. No. And the Raiders are right there only two games behind the Browns. So, and they win the tiebreakers. So we got to be careful of the Raiders as well. But if we win this week coming up against Baltimore, we have officially clinched a playoff spot. Do the Browns clinch if they win Monday? Yeah, if we clinch week 14. Wow, okay. So this just increased Monday night's game even more so with the, uh, the possibilities. And I think that if the Ravens lose tonight and the Browns beat them, that would pretty much eliminate the Ravens. Yeah, Baltimore will pretty much be eliminated out of playoff contention at that point. Ooh, boy, it would be so sweet to be able to knock the Ravens out of the playoffs. But the, the, what, imagine this, though. The fact that the Browns are going, uh, are going into the game against Baltimore as the first time this season that we can clinch uh, a playoff spot. Just imagine what the city of Cleveland is going to be like that week if we win. Oh, I mean, you know, I don't think the city of Cleveland's had something to celebrate like that probably since the Cavs championship. And I think it's going to be worse than it was when the Cavs won the championship once the Browns clinched playoffs. Agreed. Agreed. Now I have to ask you this question too. Do yeah. we worry about the New England Patriots? No. At all? You don't think so? No. The okay. Patriots are sitting here at what I'm seeing six and six. Six and six. They're they're not. If they make the playoffs, they're barely going to squeak in. Yeah, I think the only team that really concerns me if the Browns lose a few is the Las Vegas Raiders because no, they. I'm beat not us. even worried about the Raiders. Well, the only reason we have to worry about and the Raiders the, is only the, why the Raiders break. beat us. Why the Raiders beat us is because of the fact that one game. In horrible weather. It's true. It's true. I mean, I don't think that – I think straight up, if we, if we played the Raiders I, in a straight-up game, I don't think they would be in the same league as us. No. No, in a straight-up game, I think the Browns would end up beating them probably by a decent margin. One can hope, right? So, right now, yeah, but – Looking at this, the Browns are obviously sitting there in fifth place with the Steelers now officially 11 and 1. And the only reason that they're leading the AFL or AFC right now is the tiebreak over Kansas City based on uh, best win percentage in conference games. Okay, so, can't, so right now they will win the tiebreak over Kansas City at the given moment. Um, but I have to, I have to think that, you know what, I think Kansas City's going to win in the number one seed by the time we're said and done here. It's going to be really interesting to see. I'm really wondering just where Pittsburgh and Cleveland are both going to be come the end of the season. Yeah, because I'm looking at, you know, you look at Pittsburgh's schedule with them playing the Bills and the Colts, and I think the Bills and the Colts could both very well beat them. Oh, yeah. And we're talking about a Colts team that 
after they lost to us, started reemerging as a heavy contender. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because they saw a fire got lit under them after they lost to us. And they're sitting there right now in the seventh seed. Uh yeah. Um I, I I mean if I look if I look ahead here to who I think's gonna finish. Um the top four teams right now, I think that that's, that might stick. Uh Tennessee and the Colts again might flip flop there. Um it's to end possible. the season. Um but here, let's do it this way. Give me what your final predictions of the seedings are going to be. What do you think? Oh, this is going to be a tough decision here. I think Kansas City's just going to barely squeak by Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I can see the Bills in the second seed. The I'm gonna say Pittsburgh wins the division, but that's gonna be just because they have the better division record. I think mm-hmm. the Browns and the Steelers can both potentially go thirteen and three to end the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna put Pittsburgh there at the third seed. I'm gonna put the Colts in fourth seed. Okay. I'm going to say the Browns are obviously going to be fifth seed, being 13 mm-hmm. and three, if it does come to that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say Miami in sixth and Tennessee in seventh. So basically, you think that the seven teams that are there now are going to stay the seven teams? They're just going to shuffle around the rankings a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, um, I'm going to – mine's going to be kind of similar to yours. I think the only thing that I'll probably do is I think Kansas City is going to take the number one seed. Um, I, I'm conflicted here now. I forgot to ask you this question. You said that you think the Steelers are going to finish 13-3. and three. Do you think – who do you think they're going to lose to, two games to? Who do I think they're going to lose the two games to? Yeah. The – Bills and the Colts. So you think they're still going to beat the Browns the last week of the season? No, I'm saying that they both have a – oh. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that just kind of put in the question. That would make them four losses. That changes things a little bit. Yeah, I think the Browns are going to be 12-4. and The Steelers are going to be 13-3. and Okay. Um, as much as I want to say that I think the Browns could win out and go 13 and three, I'm getting a feeling out of those four games, they're going to lose one. I couldn't really tell you to who right now. I mean, they're not, I don't think they're going to lose to the Jets. I don't, I think the Jets are going to go in 16. I really do. Um, yeah. That for some reason that Giants game keeps getting me, because the Giants are going to be very determined and they're, and they're playing for their for their lives, where the Browns will already be kind of sitting comfortable, and I feel like that the, the Giants might be playing for more, and I think that they might squeak by the Browns. Um, okay. 
So I think if I have to finish it up, Kansas City with the one seed. Um, Pittsburgh with the two seed. Buffalo with the three seed. Indianapolis at the four seed. Browns at five. The Raiders at six. And Tennessee at seven. Really? So you think that Miami is going to drop out? You know, Miami has a lot of questions at quarterback. They keep shuffling between Tugalova and Fitzpatrick, and they have so many question marks. I just have a feeling that they're going to blow it because they just can't figure out their QB situation. We'll see when it comes to that. But anyway, from here, let's talk about this upcoming week against the Ravens. With this game, they have Lamar Jackson coming back. Yeah, um, and we got Lamar coming back gesundheit. Um, I was going to say gesundheit again, but didn't have to. Um, Lamar Jackson coming back tonight. Um, It's going to be interesting because I want to see how he's going to come back from injury and see if he – or from the COVID – and see if he's going to kind of fall back into his same good rhythm, or is he going to be kind of this inconsistent guy that's been most of the year? Um, but I mean, again, we got we got a prime time game. Yeah, he's playing tonight. Okay. Um, but so this is Monday Night Football. Anyway. Oh, Tuesday Night Football. No, I mean to, no, I'm talking about the Browns. Tonight's Tuesday Night Football, but yeah. the Browns game is Monday Night Football. And uh, Which the eyes of the nation are going to be on the Browns for a Monday night football game. Yeah, who would have thought that uh, we'd be circling this one on the calendar as it being a very important game for really either team? So for this one, I'm going to have the Browns not obviously have as dominating a performance as they did this week, but I do have the no. Browns winning. Um, I'm going to say that this one is going to be a close game, though. I think so, too. I'm thinking we're looking at within a touchdown score here is going to be the final score. And I'm going to say the mm-hmm. Browns are going to win 20-17. to 17. Ooh, so you're thinking it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, too. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I have to agree. I think the game is going to be close. Um, I don't see a one-sided affair for either side here. I don't see it being the first matchup that we have with the Ravens because the Browns are a much better team than they were in week one. Um, Exactly. I'm going to say the final score will be 24-21 to Browns. I think the Browns are going to win on a game-winning Cody Parkey field goal. That'll be interesting. I also have my only little bold prediction as well. Um, I think that both Chubb and Hunt are going to run for 100-plus this game. Mm -hmm. I also think that Mayfield is going to break that interception list streak, and he's going to throw his first interception in, I think, six games this week. Yeah, I have to agree. I think I see an interception coming in this game because even though the Ravens' defense has been weaker this year, they're still impactful, and I think – they're going to at least get one. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But like I said, I it's I have a feeling my gut is telling me that we've got this one. 
which that officially will put us in playoffs. Well, here's hoping and on next week's podcast, we're talking about the Browns that have clinched a playoff spot for the first time since 2002. 2002, when Butch Davis was our head coach, and we ended the season at 8-8 eight and eight with tied for, in a wild card spot. Man. Considering this has been a year of hell with what's going on in the world, who would have thought that the bright spot of the year would be a golden Cleveland Browns season? <laughs> I sure as shit didn't. Not no. going to lie. Uh, I think beginning of the year. No, beginning of the year, I, I honestly thought that, you know, with being a new head coach and a new system, I thought maybe the best the Browns would do this season was 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7. and seven. Yeah. But for them to be in a position where they could finish 13-3, and three, oh, I, I couldn't have imagined that in my wildest dreams. Hey, I'll take it, though. Absolutely, and I think we're going to be seeing January football in Cleveland. So that's something we're not used to, but I think we're going to get. Exactly. So we'll have to wait and see what happens from here. But anyway, so unless you have anything else to add, Mike, I think we can wrap this one up. No, everybody just cross your fingers that come next week, we'll be looking at a double-digit win football team at 10-3. and three. All right, so I am Jason Kapasik along with Mike Winkler here, officially signing out from the Dog Pound Nation this week. Go Browns. 10-3, let's do it. <laughs>